It's the never-ending podcast. Ah, the never-ending podcast. Ah, Welcome everybody to the never-ending podcast. This is this is it. This is the last episode of the first movie. Uh, and I am, as always, Sean. And with me, as always, is Liz. I am only sometimes, Liz. Oh, I apologize for making that assumption. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I'm Lizzie. Sometimes I'm Elizabeth. Do, sometimes. Do you, I've never asked <laughs> you, do you go by other, do, do people call you other bits of Liz? <laughs> other forms? Sometimes formats? people just call me, call me B. B. They just B. stick with the letter B. No, I'm just kidding. Just Nobody like old school, me, old school rappers. <laughs> This word what up? what up b no i uh, <laughs> i uh people who know me like close close family and friends call me lizzie um uh like when i have to sign something official or if i am at the doctor's office or something like that it's elizabeth very rarely am i elizabeth though mm-hmm. um i it's so i i love the name I love my name, but it's so it's so formal. So Elizabeth, I go with Liz just because it's easier than saying I, I like Liz. It's yeah, it's good. But Elizabeth yeah. is maybe the most formal name. Well, it's there's got to be a more formal name, but it's pretty formal. It's a very formal name. I feel like Elizabeth, Rebecca, uh, yeah, Elizabeth and Rebecca are very formal names. For what reason? I don't know. I think they're very they're just very old names as well. Yeah, like my, yeah. there couldn't be a King Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess not, because it immediately made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's not formal enough. Well, do you know the origin of Sean? Do you know, like, is, it feels like a very North American name, like Chad. No, and- no Sean is a, it's a, it's Scottish or Irish or something. Oh, of course it is. I'm silly. Yeah. I'm, I'm so silly. Yeah, it's, it's like a I, version of John. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so no, you're you're S H A W N. Yeah, I'm the correct one. And then oh oh yeah, yeah. we have well, talked about this. So there's S E A N. Yeah, which is nonsense. Scene is and nonsense. Then, and then S H A U N, which is fine. It's one U short, but I'm okay with it. There's also a. There used to be a player for the Calgary Flames who was like kind of the worst of both worlds he was s-h-e-a-n oh which gosh. is yeah screw that guy come on man <laughs> no i think you mean screw that guy's parents because that's not his fault he could change it <laughs> and then there's also the female form i think that's s-i-a-n yes that's the that's irish i believe yeah but i don't know if it's weird i assume it's irish or welsh wow wow Irish and Welsh people, we love you. <laughs> but we you're weird. You. Oh, they know it. The Welsh know that their and spellings if, are insane. And if they've if they've been listening to this podcast, they also know that we are both extremely weird. That's true. Extremely, yeah. extremely weird. Uh, did you hear from Magneto? No, 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 okay. no word from. So he probably doesn't listen. Okay, uh, that's all right. He's busy doing his own podcasts. So yeah, or plotting against the X Men, or yeah. a mix yeah. of the, 
Perhaps plotting against the X-Men with a podcast. Oh, a scathing podcast. That's the new uh, (laughs) millennial millennial Magneto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. He just gets gets on to talk about how much they suck. (laughs) Next week, Mr. Sinister will be my guest as we discuss the X-Men. And we're going to discuss uh, (laughs) um, Cyclops' glasses. (laughs) That's not even, is Cyclops an X-Men? Yeah, Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men. Okay, I just, I, do you know when you say something and you go, oh my God, that's wrong. And you know you're right. You were right. He's got glasses. That's what just happened. It's like, yeah, he's got glasses, crappy glasses, right? I'm with you, Magneto. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) That is, but we have a, this is it. This is the, as boys to men would say, we've come to the end of the road. Oh my God. Yeah. It's the end of the road. And what a road it's been, everybody. And we've seen it drawn in pictures as it happens. Uh, Well, sort of. Yeah, Yeah. we saw it one time with two pictures, but still. (laughs) But still, yeah. We we started in an elementary school. uh, Or actually, no, we started in a kitchen. In a kitchen. Yeah, with a weird dad who we haven't seen in a while. No, and uh, we're not sure if we're gonna. We're not see him again. Not in this movie. Not in this one. Not in ever. the next one. I think it's no. implied that he dies off screen. <laughs> That's right. That's he, right. He does not. It, it's interesting because you would think that one of the threads of this story would be from that first scene would be Bastion winning over his dad or yeah. getting over his mom's death or. And but sh- no, yeah. that is no, not a thing at all. Because in a way, uh, it, this will come up, but, but Bastion has had to display a certain amount of bravery. I know we've made fun of the kid endlessly, poor thing, but he has stuck it through and it does turn out, you know, he, he does, he is the hero's journey. That's, that's in- it's interesting with this movie because Atreo is the hero, but then... <laughs> Bastion is actually the one who's really on the hero's journey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Atreyu doesn't change at all. Atreyu starts yeah. brave and ends brave. And yeah. I, yeah, I guess he learns that they're, like, he learns a bit more about Fantasia, but uh, yeah. he doesn't change. No. no. All, actually, very few of the characters change. Um, it's true. Ba- Bastion is the one. He's the one who everything is kind of acted upon. Yeah. So when we when we left off, we uh, we were at we had just seen the ivory. We just the ivory saw. Tower. Yeah, yeah. So the tower is on the asteroid, and Bastion whispers. Well, so at the beginning of this, we get um, Atreyu and Falcor land on the top of the stamen or the clip yep. of the tower, <laughs> and uh, and. Falcor stays at the bottom of the steps because he's an animatronic who can only turn his head. So I he, love that shot, though. I I really enjoyed that because I I don't know. It always this is going to sound really seedy, and I'm not meaning it to. Anytime I see all of Falcor's body, it makes me really happy. <laughs> I like to see all of that. All Falcor. that, all that Ooh. body. But no, it's like I just as a kid. I, <laughs> oh God, this sounds even worse. No, but. I just really liked the detail, like the scales and the and the kind of like shininess of, mm. of Falcor. And yeah, and I really like that 
that shot of Atreo leaving Falcor and going up into the palace by himself. Well, he's, really like he's incredibly complex. There's I don't remember yeah. how many thousands of tiny scales there are interwoven on Falcor. Um, yeah. But it's it's really cool. And Atreyu walks up up the steps and goes in, and then he sees the Empress. And then Bastion does, and I hadn't noticed this till the, this time that I watched it, he does the weirdest thing he does in the entire film. He <laughs> First of all, he sees the Empress, and he goes, Empress. And then the apple that he was previously <laughs> eating, he shoves the entire thing into his mouth in one bite and eats the core of an apple. <laughs> he does it's really really alarming what sort really of maniac eats the core <laughs> of an apple i don't know there are people out there who eat the core i would not trust i would not trust a one of them I'm and i'll tell trust. you what sean when i was a kid i think it may have been my brother somebody told me that oh god here we go again somebody told me that if you eat the core of the apple or you eat an apple seed then an apple tree apple will grow in your stomach that is a true fact that i heard as that well. is a true fact <laughs> it's come on this people day i do not eat apple seeds i do not corn. eat apple seeds you are gonna grow a tree in your stomach yeah and then what are you gonna do at best the odds are 50 50 and i'm not playing i'm not rolling those dice i'm not either do you know how fertile the, the the human microbiome is that tree has a great chance of growing oh your stomach is just waiting to grow stuff it is waiting to grow stuff yeah uh but bastion does not care he, he doesn't care he's a madman the, the empress is there and he's like i'm gonna eat this apple and take that risk this is the first big hint of bravery we talked about this a little <laughs> bit last episode this is the bravest thing <laughs> It is the bravest thing he's done, but it's done in such a maniacal way. Is it bravery or is it just brazen disregard for safety? Yeah. It's he's a madman who just eats, who just shoves an apple in their mouth. No. Crazy. He's it's like he's eaten around the outside though. He's just eaten like the skin, and now he's got this ball of sticky, gross apple in his hand. <laughs> that he then it's like the grossest thing you could be holding. That he then shoves into his mouth. Uh, it blew my mind. I don't know how oh. I hadn't noticed it as a kid, but it blew my mind. Oh, Bastion. What are you doing? He's he's insane. <sighs> he's absolutely insane. But uh, So Atreyu goes into the room that gets... And I know we've been harping on this, but seriously, it gets so vaginal. It's so it, vaginal. The whole, when he walks through the doors, when he goes into the room, it's, wow. It's all, it's, it's petals, it's, it's floral, it's, we could, we could just stick with floral. We wouldn't have to go vaginal, I suppose, but then we would be doing a disservice. Is it to what it actually looks like? (laughs) Cause it's so, the metaphor is so intertwined now. Is it even possible to go floral without going vaginal? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know, Georgia O'Keeffe always took issue with people uh, saying that her paintings were vaginal. She was like, like, I'm just making flowers, you weirdos. Well, yeah. She was just like, you guys are interpreting, you guys are interpreting my work in a sexual way. And it's not that. She really, really hated that. 
um I didn't know that until I went to the the um the Georgia O'Keeffe exhibition but she was like nah people are projecting their own stuff onto this that's not what it is it's their flowers <laughs> that's yeah. yeah I know that the uh the delivery people from Panda Flowers um <laughs> also really take umbrage if you try and pay them for sex, which is a similar, <laughs> it's a fair assumption, I think. Oh, wait a minute. You've given me a bouquet of vaginas? You uh, must want see to. what's I'm happening. I'm on to you. <laughs> get it, Roy from Panda Flowers. <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> oh dear. So, you know, Atreo, you know, it's very strange. Watching this as an adult, I felt like a real creep with how, um, you know, all these, all these, all these images are so beautiful. Like the childlike empress is such a beautiful little girl, and and Atreyu was is such a you know such a lovely looking person. When I was a kid, I had such an active crush on him, yeah. and then I watch it later, and I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, I don't know. It's just the imagery is beautiful even though we make fun of it it's still it, is, it still it looks it looks great like it still looks really great and it is uh i'm certain not meant to have those implications <laughs> this is a very georgia o'keefe situation this is meant to just be a tower this is a kids movie after all but it is interesting or, it is interesting that it is the childlike empress that it's like a female mm. seeming or looking it's a very feminine sort of building uh a feminine structure, which I think is why we make that assumption in the first place. I, until I rewatched it as an adult, I obviously was now I'm just like, oh, that symbolism is pretty, pretty, it yeah. looms pretty, pretty large. And well, it is interesting that it's a female, strong sort of, well, I say strong. We'll talk about that. A female uh, leader, in essence. And it's interesting in the book that dichotomy is played up even more, too, because it's like the childlike. Um, Empress is kind of like the birth of Fantasia and like the mm. lifeblood of Fantasia and her beautiful white palace. And then on the other side, you've got the old man at the mountain, who's the other kind of most powerful thing in Fantasia, who's like uh-huh. the male presence, who is kind of the death of Fantasia a bit. Mm. And he's mm-hmm. in this big, ugly mountain, mm. um, which is this really interesting balance of yeah. the two. And they're never supposed to meet. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yes. But uh, here, so Atreyu walks in and uh, and she's like, Atreyu, why do you look so sad? Why do you think I've been crawling through the mud and I almost got killed by a big animatronic wolf who should have been in the Hall of Presidents? Of course <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Come on. And, and she says this thing about how she... Uh, like, oh, it was always safe, and he had to go through this journey, and she knew it all along, and then he rightfully is like, what the hell? Like, why did I have to do all that crap? And my horse legit died, my best friend, drowned in a swamp. I had to do all of this nonsense, and uh, like, for what? And she's like, well, we had to go on this journey because we had to tell the story and all of this. But the- And he's like, I failed. I, I, I failed. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't find a human child. Right. But then he's been watching all along. But, I, but before we go too deep into like the meaning of it, just her voice is, uh, is crazy to me. Every- oh, we got to talk about that. So every fourth or fifth word is British. It's like almost like she's doing a British accent. 
but she's just doing like a fancy person accent. And it always used to bother my brother and I because she would speak so slowly. It'd be like, no, you haven't. And we're like, just speak at a normal speed. Uh Everything would go so much faster if you just spoke at a normal speed. But also something that I read about um, why she speaks the way she does or why it seems a little strange is because the the actress who was obviously very very young i don't i don't remember how old she she was but uh she was young enough that she was still losing her baby teeth mm-hmm. so she lost a tooth during shooting so they had to put fake teeth into her uh her upper teeth so and then she had to work with a dialect coach to try to speak without an impediment because of this thing they're called now they're called I, I just kind of called it a flipper because like I again we're going back to my reality TV show knowledge. The show <laughs> I've watched a lot of toddlers and tiaras, and those fake teeth are called uh, a flipper. Mm-hmm. So they basically put a flipper in, so because uh, they couldn't have they couldn't have a toothless toothless um, <laughs> childlike empress, even though that would be very childlike because it you know be little very kids never have all their teeth. No, little kids lose teeth, but but they wanted her to have all her teeth. So she has this like grill that makes her have a speech impediment. Um, and then I don't know if she wins the pageant or not. Uh, she she but, does look like a pageant. When pageant kids freak me out. Yeah. There are a few things that freak me out more than putting all of that on like a little kid. It's, uh, it's very it's scary. Weird, but with her, it doesn't look as... Because it's mostly just eyes. They kind of just do the eyes to make her look wiser or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. She's, it doesn't feel as creepy. No, it's not. I mean, I think it's, she's not like sexualized, which is no, good. No. Yes. Not at all, which yes. is really good. And because the, what's strange about watching a show like Toddlers and Tiaras or that aspect of it is like, yeah, the these these tiny tiny kids are being put in stuff that you know adult women are put into. But yeah, I, I digress. The the fake yeah. teeth thing. When I heard the, the the fake teeth thing, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense why she would speak. Um, maybe I guess with a specific accent, but that the pace is very strange. It was always the slow pace. It is, as it's I really... said before. I think she's trying to, it's trying to sound royal. And again, she's like six, like she's yeah. so young that so um, really for her to have like that gravitas, I think it's kind of a good call because how else is she going to do it? Yeah. So she just speaks slowly and quietly and it does give kind of a gravity to what she, what she says. And it's, I guess it's the, the, the contrast between all the action that's happened before and everything that Atreus has come to or gone through. And then he comes to this very serene palace that is mm-hmm. basically the only thing that's left of Fantasia. Mm-hmm. So it is a nice contrast, pardon me, in that sense, but it just, I don't know. As, as we go further into this scene, my frustration with the slowness grows. So I'm like, just do something. Yeah. My, my frustration is her, she drops her R's at the end of words. Um, kind of like when kids try and sing pretty and then they're like, the water. She does like <laughs> that thing, which I yeah. hate. I, 
uh, this is going to sound awful, but I cannot stand the sound of children singing. Uh, <laughs> see, Kids. I thought you had an issue with the mid-Atlantic accent. Like when I first when I first moved to the U- UK, it was the first time I'd heard that term mid-Atlantic. And mm-hmm. then they actually described what it was. And it's the kind of um, Catherine Hepburn sort of thing. Right, right. The rich people well, who are I, in. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't possibly. Yeah, that sort of thing. I'm like, no one talks like that anymore. But yeah, she drops her R's. You hate the sound of children singing. I just, I hate that that fake pretty when they drop the R's singing thing. It just, it drives me up the wall. I don't know why. Um, but I, I don't have, I actually love the rich people uh, like Connecticut Massachusetts rich people accent. Me too. It's so funny. Especially like there's that there's that famous scene in On Golden Pond where Catherine Hepburn and she's just like, Well, I don't know what you're talking about, you old poo. Oh, I love yes, you you old poop. Um (laughs) Jess calls me that all the time. I love it. Well, it's perfect for you. You are an old poop. It is especially if you if you hate the sound of children singing, then you are definitely an old poop. Uh, Golden Pond's one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's oh. one of the movies that when we started dating, I was like, you have to watch this. You know, you got like certain oh. who you're like, you have to watch this movie. And for me, it's like it happened one night, uh, The Warriors and yeah. uh, On Golden Pond, which are all basically the same movie. Oh, uh, yeah. The Warriors and On Golden Pond are basically the same film. What's, what's even different, right? No, nothing. Basically the who's, same thing. Who's the Who's the actor? Uh, um, he was in Sex and the City, but he's in The Warriors as well. well again, very similar. Uh, <laughs> Richard, what, he plays he plays the character Richard in Sex and the City. Anyway, there's so many great people. I didn't know in, that there was uh, someone in, I don't know Sex and the City well enough, I think. I'll, so. I'll, I'll, I'll find out and tell you later. I am fully digressing here. This <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, the that that accent where she drops her R's. Yeah, I think we both agree that it's fine and it's good and it is effective, but also annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's both things at once. It's necessary yep. but annoying. Yep. <laughs> much, much like Bastion, who we're, we we yeah. come back to very soon here because now we get to um, they start talking about him, so they start being like. Like, oh, and he's been listening this whole time. And then he does like, what? What? Like he's going to fight. Like, yeah. That you do that little kid, that little kid voice is like, what? But that's impossible. Yeah. 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 He really does. But they've got a great bit here um, where she looks directly at the camera and he looks directly at the camera. And it's this nice, uh, it's kind of breaking the fourth wall, but breaking the fourth wall at each other, which is such an interesting way yeah, to do that. That's really interesting because I, I don't know how else they would have done it. You know, mm-hmm. they did it. I guess there was a little hint at it when uh, Atreya was looking into the mirror and saw Bastion. But this is the moment. This is like the the culmination of everything. Uh, and it's it's freaky. It's a little bit freaky. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the book, they do it by... Uh, the childlike empress asks the old man on the mountain to tell her the story, which locks them into this loop of when they get to the end, he has to restart at the beginning and it just cycles until Bastion finally stops being a little bitch and 
yells at them. <laughs> ah! Basically, they're basically like, we're going to do this until you realize stop doing whatever you're doing and you know it, it actually do something and help us right, out here. right she just like she pleads like you've already chosen it just give me a name um and, the and had we is it does the child I've, I've forgotten does the child like empress um mention in the film does she say to bastion that she needs a new name or does she say that to atreo she, I think, originally says to Atreyu, but then, so she tells Atreyu that he needs to give him a name. And then she pleads directly to Bastion, like, you've already chosen it. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's kind of both. And he kind of keeps freaking out and stuff, and the windows blow open, and the tree blows through the one window. And, like, my my brother and I would always just do that thing. We're like, Bastion! Call my name. Yeah. It's one of the most obvious, you know, one of the most famous quotes from the movie. Definitely, that everybody, you know, it's an internet meme. Like it's it's everything. It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's very McFunnable. Oh yes. Uh, and then he he finally does, and it's such a weird because they set up in the movie that it's his mom's name. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about this before. How as kids, no one knew what he was yelling. It just sounded like bah, 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 out of the window. <laughs> we just assumed it was like Betsy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it was a person name, but Person's it's a moon name. child. Yeah. Uh, which is insane. Which is whose mom's name Moonchild? I don't know. Uh, and I, yeah, in German, what is it? Morden, Mordenkind, I think it is. I'm not it's sure, but in the book, it's Moonchild as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mordenkind means, means oh, okay. Moonchild in German. Um, but I just think that is not at all related to yeah. a normal person. Yeah. It's know. a weird thing to add because it's added in it's not it's not part of the book at all that that's related to his mom. Um so it's added into the movie and it's just added in like uh, one throwaway, one throwaway line in the middle there somewhere. Interesting. I wonder if somebody in like in the focus groups are like. We need to try and ground this somehow. <laughs> or just like, what happened to the stuff about his mom? Like, why did we mention that in the beginning? And then- Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because like, we never see the dad again. We never see, yeah, there's never, his mom dying is never mentioned again. Which it seemed like was kind of the impetus for the story was like the thing he was trying to come to terms with his mom's death and uh, figure out his relationship with his dad. You would think from that first, 10 minutes, but the movie would almost be better if you just cut that first scene, like cut his dad out. Yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah. it even. Yeah. It, well, I'm glad we have it because I never would have known what to have for breakfast. <laughs> that um, is, you know, but he, he finally, he leans out the window and yells moon child, yep. which we now know it is. And I think I've talked about this before that that was the first thing we did when this was out on DVD, put the subtitles and go to that scene to find out what he yelled. So great, so clever. You're the one who told me it was it was Moonchild. Uh, you're the one who blew my mind. So thank you for that, Sean. Yeah, and in the book he says it over and over too. Oh right. He starts to say it, and then he's just like he just keeps saying it. Just Moonchild, okay. Moonchild, Moonchild. Um, when, how long is that chapter? <laughs> it's it's like eighty pages. <laughs> just, <laughs> Moonchild, just over and over. 
Yeah, it's like <laughs> Michael Ende goes through this whole shining situation where he's just rewriting it <laughs> over and over. It's a uh, yeah, and then he kills his family, and then he comes back and writes the rest of the book. What a story! Wow. I know it's never told. It's a weird, thing. <laughs> uh, but and then and then they're just suddenly in the dark, yeah. and they appear. And this is another one of those transitions that it's like I don't even know how this tra- how how did you get me here? Never. How did this story? happen? Yeah, I been, and then then we just sort of accept it. Yeah, yeah, it works fine, but it's another one of these weird dream transitions that just mm. jumps from thing to thing and suddenly you're there and you're like okay cool this is what's happening now yeah um it's so interesting it's like i i always wondered like the princess doesn't seem really bothered that she destroyed the whole universe and sent a kid on like (laughs) nope on on this mission when she actually could have just done it herself yeah, yeah, she could have just started yelling. I guess he needed to do the whole because he needed a lot of hand holding. Let's be honest. Yeah, so he true. needed to see the whole thing to believe enough that he had to yell. And also, this is probably the first time Bastion's ever talked to a girl. Yeah, that's true. That's actually true. So he needed that true. that that blow to be cushioned as well. Oh, something else. Uh, the, the 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 princess. And I know we already covered the way that she talks, but she only speaks in complete sentences. She doesn't know what a like. Well, I guess she says. Oh, no she doesn't that. do conjunctions, really. Yeah, not really. Not really. She's not yeah. a fan. No, no. She speaks very. I think that that's a good way to show that a character's you know speaking proper. Super proper, proper. yeah. Eloquent. But, but yeah, she, so then, yeah, they're just, they, they've got the grain of sand is in her hand. Yeah, and then she gives him the grain of sand and yeah. um, he says, uh, she says, you, anything you wish will happen. He says, how many wishes do I get? And she says, as many as you want. Yeah. And then he just wishes for things to be exactly the same. <laughs> exactly. Which means, could the nothing come back again? Maybe. I think it's almost implied that this is like a cycle because she seems to know all of this. Yeah. Um, so maybe, but he just re-wishes it all as it was, except now he's part of this land. Um, and yeah. in the book, this is the halfway point. But it feels like, honestly, this is one of those times where I think the movie's better because- yeah. After this point, I really started to lose a lot of interest in reading the book. I never made it to the end. Oh, wow. Starts walking I mean, through about, some plants. It's, this is exactly halfway. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, no wonder Michael Endy hated it. He was like, they chopped it up into something good. Oh, no. <laughs> but it just, it's weird. That's because a bit extreme. Is, even in the book, this feels like the end of what was meant to happen. It's like, great, you succeeded. And then he starts doing this other thing that he's like building a garden. He's like gardening for like a chapter. And then he's like climbing a tree. And you're just like, why is this now? This is so anticlimactic. Very strange. And I wonder if the the next, so the the sequels are the continuation. Okay. Yeah, That'll be it's, interesting. it's like Return to Oz, where Return to Oz isn't necessarily the second book, but yeah. it's like bits of like books two to four or something of the Oz series. Right, right, right. I think the two movies are both bits of 
the second half, um, which I haven't made it through because no. I just was like, I, I just felt like the journey was over. It felt like too much. It was like the last yeah. 15 minutes of every episode of Smallville. Oh, yeah. Smallville <laughs> would end and then it would end and then it would end and then it would it would end like eight times before. Uh, the end. So annoying. So I started just, I would watch that show till about the 35 minute mark and then I would just turn it off. I just, no. <laughs> you get one no ending, Smallville. <laughs> well, interesting. Because going, yeah, well, there's, I always, I always liked the part where he's creating again because it's when we see well, I don't know. I don't know what part we're skipping to now. Are we going to talk about where he? Uh... Well, we 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 can talk about him because he. This is really when he's on Falcor and he's flying. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I just didn't want to skip forward to the next part. Like that always made me so happy because I know he creates the same thing again. But maybe there's part of me that's like, I'm glad he brought everybody back, especially mm-hmm. Artax and the Rock Fighter, because you're just like, oh my god, and hopefully you know, and all the friends and everything, it is sort of wrapped up in a nice little, little. It is. Package. Yeah, it, it is. As a kid, this was a really nice, because it was there, like, there was a lot of tough lessons about mortality in this movie. Um, yep. So it is nice when he's waving and you see beautiful Fantasia and. But then Freya also maybe, maybe everybody should have just stayed dead and that would have been a better lesson <laughs> for all of us. You know, that's how it works that's what life is oh that's very no no i like the other way better yeah, i'm really too. happy with the other way <laughs> yeah it's much <laughs> i wonder it would have probably been too weird if uh if right at the very end if his mom would have been there if he could have yeah. wished her back that feels oh, like too yeah. much that feels like a little bit too much but uh yeah. and his dad's normal his, you mean his dad doesn't have OJ and, and eggs for breakfast? Yeah, his, it's just like his mom and his dad holding like a painting of a unicorn, given like a thumbs up. Yeah, but you would have you would have thought he would have. I guess I guess he can bring stuff back in the in the just in Fantasia, Fantasia yeah. but not with his mom. But then he has some power in the real world, though. Because yeah, yeah when we get to the final then, scene. The final scene where we see the bullies in the street again in your lovely, in your lovely Vancouver. Again, in Vancouver, yeah, Gastown, Vancouver, and he rides Falcor into Vancouver. And yeah, it's interesting because they do not usually fit because they film a lot in Vancouver, um, but usually it's meant to be another city. It's meant to be New York, often or LA mm. or whatever. But here they show like Vancouver's got one of those. Uh, aforementioned phallic towers yeah that tower with the with a bit on top with it's yeah. like a rotating restaurant um and yeah. that's right in the background that's right behind right alcor as he's coming in and then he chases them down the same alley and into the same dumpster they get their Which comeuppance is, they do they end up in the straw fields or whatever the sawdust fields mm-hmm. Uh, uh, dumpster, and I always, I always enjoyed that. I always felt really satisfied by, by that. Um, I felt satisfied again. I can't believe we're at the end already. It feels I like, know. yeah. I mean, I guess 
they do make it come full circle with the bullies, even if we never see Bastion's dad again. Yeah, they all, it's like it almost goes full circle. It goes yeah. to like just before full circle. We don't get that yeah. first five minutes again. We just That's barely, right. but it very much is the hero's journey where it does that, you know, the Dan Harmon story circle. Yeah. The hero comes back to the world and the world's the same, but he's changed. Yeah. And has those powers that he's learned over the course of it. It That's actually right. really follows the Dan Har- Harmon with the Oracle and with every every step of it, really. Yeah, I um, always, I loved, loved, loved the idea of riding on top of a luck dragon. That was just, mm-hmm. as a kid, I just, oh God, I loved it so much. Flying oh, was the coolest thing in the whole world. Yeah. For, for all of the guff that we've given Bastion and like kind of how he's characterized, this is the point where it kind of pays off where he is us yeah, in the story. And we picture us on that luck dragon flying into that alley with the weird, um, there's weird graffiti in this alley that says pinhead <laughs> power. <laughs> right behind the dumpster, someone has spray painted in like, it's, it's really fresh. It's almost like they put it on for the movie and I don't understand its significance, but it says pinhead power. I wonder if they were like, ooh, what sounds like a really cool, tough gang? And they're like, <laughs> the, the pinheads. That's all they could come up with because they couldn't be like dickhead power or, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Pinhead power. They went with a classic, with like 1910s uh, traveling freak show term. <laughs> That's so strange. That's so strange. Oh, they're like, well, they're, they're, they're Canadian it's a Canadian gang. They're going to sound kind of nice. I, I was don't like know. using old carny terms, just the rubes. Watch out for the rubes. <laughs> what a weird... oh, it's, it's the nincompoops brigade. Yeah. <laughs> what a strange oh, thing that is. That's really funny. And then we come to the end and we uh, get the song get in the all song its glory. Again. So satisfying. Such a great song. It it really and I know you haven't watched uh, Stranger Things. It's not really a spoiler. They just, just have the song in it. Oh, I loved the first season. I just need to watch seasons two and three. But yeah. so much nostalgia, so great. And I want because uh, people listening to this probably maybe haven't watched season three. Um, but yeah, just the song is in it. And when okay. I heard the song again, I was like, oh my god, the song! What a great. Oh. Fun. In a different context, it's even better almost. Really? I mean, yeah, the um I I can't do we remember how to pronounce the name of the songwriter? Is it Neve? Is it I don't think N-I-A-M-H? I no, I don't know. Uh somebody should tell us or we should research it. But uh yeah, I I just again I think I said this in the first episode. The song is one of the best parts of the movie and like the clouds and the, just the feeling that you're flying and the possibility. I just love that song yeah. so much. Yeah. But re rewatching this, uh, it's, it's still, it's, it's still not my favorite movie from when I was a kid, I think, but it's, it's in that, that group. And we've talked about this before that I just, I really miss this kind of movie. Like I miss the like legend, dark crystal, um, 
all Return of those. Return to Oz. Yeah, that yeah. sort of fantasy there, where there's a real element of fear and scary, you know, death and that kind of stuff. But then you have these kind of glittery heroes who fight their way through it. But you're, but, but not everything is fully, completely resolved at the end at some of those, in some of those other ones. And I think part um, of why they were great too is that they were so earnest. Is that yeah. they're like they're not tongue in cheek, they're not silly, they're not ever making pop culture references. It was just these they, like Yeah. They weren't talking down to kids either. Like they were kids' movies, but there were some really serious themes in oh, them. Oh yeah. All those like Labyrinth, Legend, they have some really dark parts in them. At La- Labyrinth, you watch again and you're like, wait a minute, how old is Jennifer Connolly in this? <laughs> you're just going, uh yeah. David Bowie. Uh, yeah, they all also have some. I think every one of those movies, Willow as well, uh, Princess Bride, every one of those movies has something in it that I'm like, ooh, I don't think this could be made today. No, Willow is yeah, never ending story. Like you say, I think it's really accurate. Not not one of my like favorite movies of all time, but special, significant, and stuck with me for you know for a reason. Because the imagery was imagery was so strong, some lines, characters are just so uh, timeless and and great. Because I think it stuck with me the most out of all of those films that I just mentioned. Probably pretty neck and neck with Princess Bride, but yeah. uh, out of all of those films, I think those are the two that have like the most like quotes that I would say, yeah. and like are little things that I would make fun of in everyday life. Yeah, um, those are certainly the two. I don't know if they're the best two of the bunch, but uh, I mean, I think what's 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 interesting to me now about our sort of review culture and the way it is, even me saying, "Oh, I'm not sure it's my favorite movie of all time." I've never been a sort of I love things for for what they are, and I'm not like a I don't have a list of my I hate making a list of my top ten uh, movies. I'm the I I make a list of everything. I yeah. love making a list. I will make, a yeah. li- I've got lists of lists. I just, yeah. I mean, I love lists, but I find it really hard to choose what are my favorites. So uh-huh. that's like, in, uh, yeah, I, I like how um, also people who talk about this movie or who have an affinity with it will have watched it, you know, roughly, maybe roughly around, uh, the same age as I did, or, you know, we all have a, a connection with it because we're of that generation. And I do wonder if people in the new generation will actually watch it or God forbid, if they would ever remake it, which I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want you to do that. I hope you not. Know, I think part of the charm is like the clunky hall of presidents animatronics. <laughs> it's so clunky. And like the, yeah. just the ways that they solve some of those logistical problems. And some of it looks great. Like Morla looks so great. Amazing, yeah. Falcor often looks really cool. Sometimes is obviously an animatronic. Sometimes is this really cool thing. But yeah, I think it's part of the charm of the whole thing. And I think that would probably get lost in it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, what a great movie. (laughs) Yeah, and I wonder kids today what they would... Because movies today feel like it's it's a lot more real world. Mm. Um, 
and I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think what kids are like the YA movies that are popular today are a lot more. Well, I was watching. I, yeah. And there's a lot more. Um, I mean, there was animation when we were growing up as kids, but now it's like uh, with all the Pixar movies, you know, I feel right. like they do. Which are great. And, oh my God. They do such excellent stories and just such well-rounded um things that work for kids and adults and it's so nice to kind of bring that to together mm-hmm. but never ending story yeah there's something about it that is definitely a kids movie yeah and i think that clunky i i think i miss that clunkiness i think that's a big yeah. it's it's part of that uh almost hipster culture that uh, like oh, yeah. 30 and 40 year olds have where we're going back and listening to lps and listening to and we yeah, want those yeah. laws back and everything yeah and i think this yeah. chunk of movies really encapsulates that in film of i agree with you totally totally yeah, agree of the helpful flaws yeah the, but, uh, the things things that we can make fun of yeah this has been a, <laughs> a great journey yeah i've enjoyed it i've had a great time guys i have gotten a lot of things wrong and that <laughs> makes me it makes me happy that it's all recorded <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've gotten some things off my chest about rodeo-based lies, mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, um, and really hated on a little kid for a long time. For a lot. Yeah, we really. Uh, for a, if if this is the never-ending <laughs> story, the story within the story within the story, I think you and I can expect a luck dragon to chase us into a dumpster. Oh, yeah. We are absolutely, story. absolutely bullies. Completely uh-huh. bullies. And Bastion, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to write you a letter in about 20 years at our, you know, or come to you at a high school reunion or something <laughs> like, look, man, I know I was terrible to you and I really regret it. Uh, I'm sorry. That's you very big put- of you. Yeah, I, isn't it? I don't plan on learning anything from my flaws. Wow. You're yeah. that guy. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. Oh man. In tw- I'm going to show back up to that reunion in sunglasses and a leather jacket just walk in and just be like, what's up, dummies? That's going to be <laughs> vaping away. Uh, I think if you're going to be part of the pinheads, you're going to have to say something like, what's up, nincompoops? Oh, yeah, yeah. Some uh, old style like, of, uh, yeah. I'll pepper your paprika. And I'm going to have my, <laughs> that may be a little bit too oldy. My, uh, my no, excuse up. me. It was that language was too strong. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe you put that over. I was gonna say the airwaves, but this is a podcast, and that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. And uh, that's it. Don't listen to us anymore. <laughs> wow! Yeah, there's a ringing endorsement. Don't listen to us anymore uh, because it. we're because we're gonna stop talking. But you guys are great, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed it because we've enjoyed it. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, That's it. Bye. Peace out. Oh, no. Don't make that the ending. Oh, no. That's the ending. Peace out.